Today on Keep Classical Weird, the internet is abuzz with the fact that Arnold Schoenberg's music is now in the public domain. That means, what exactly? Klangfarben. <laughs> oh no. Klangfarben. Klang. <sighs> Klangfarben melody. Klangfarben melody. <laughs> oh no. Welcome, friends, to episode 59 of Keep Classical Weird. I am your host, Casey Bozell, and today we're discussing a composer whose wide array of innovative repertoire has now been deceased long enough to have his music enter the public domain. It's a facet of classical music that's in constant flux. Many audiences hearing Schoenberg's work today may ascribe it as modern, but the passage of time makes it decidedly not new anymore. Arnold Schoenberg was born in 1874 in Vienna. His compositional style really pushed forward some new ideas in the world of classical music. The late 19th century created an interesting fork in the road. Some composers adopted a style of neoclassical composition, trying to resurrect and expand upon the great composers of the classical era. Others, like Schoenberg, asked the big question that innovators in any art form ask eventually. What comes next? Good old Arnold came up with several answers to this question. Longtime listeners may recognize Schoenberg's name from episode 34 about 12-tone music. He's the guy that pioneered that technique, but he also popularized many more musical concepts. So now I'm going to enter the part of the episode that I'm hoping will turn into a new segment. I'm calling it... The Coolest Words in Classical Music! Word number one for today, atonality, the opposite or absence of tonality itself. Now, tonality refers to the key a piece is in and specifically the tendencies to make it back to that key. For instance, a simple chord progression in C major. That's predictable. That's things that our Western ears have heard and eventually make it clear where home base is for the key. Atonality goes in the opposite direction. It's not just that it makes home base unpredictable. It takes out the idea of a home pace in the first place. Here's a brief example from Schoenberg's Pierrot Lunaire, which we'll go into more later, but offers a great example of atonality. Thank you. 
Now that last example might have taken you aback, not just with the atonality, but also with the Sopranos line. I'm guessing it sounded a tad different. That brings us to word number two, Sprechstimme. Now, Schoenberg didn't invent the concept of speaking on pitch, but he did develop it and try to really define its application in his own work. It's a concept that comes from the idea that everything we say actually has a specific pitch. Sometimes that's hard to pick out of the air, but it helps if you slow it down. Let's start with something innocuous. Stay safe and stay weird. Now that may not have sounded like music per se, but if we slow it down, we can start to pick out specific pitches from the texture. Stay safe and stay weird. Stay safe and stay weird. Early adopters of this technique wanted it to sound like operatic speech. Schoenberg didn't want it to sound like singing or speaking. He wanted it to sound, and this is the technical term, bonkers. One more amazing term for you today, also taken from the German language, and it's just freaking fun to say. Klangfarben melody. <laughs> it makes me giggle a little every time. This word translates from German as sound color melody, and it's the concept of having a melody fragmented across many instruments instead of just one. Let's see if I can show you in an example. Uh, here's an old classic play just on my violin. Here's the same tune, utilizing Klangfarben melody technique. Now, when you combine atonality, Sprechstimme, and Klangfarben melody, you get a lot of the techniques spread across one of his most popular pieces, Piero Lunaire. It's based on the collection of poems by Albert Giraud about the comic character Pierrot. He's a jester or buffoonish character in French Romantic literature. Schoenberg's work compiles 21 of these poems about Pierrot. The ensemble is pretty astounding, consisting of only six musicians, a soprano narrator singing in Sprechstimme, a flute slash piccolo player, a B-flat clarinet slash A clarinet slash bass clarinet player, a violin slash viola player, a cellist, 
and a pianist. The movement that starts the entire piece uses text from a poem entitled Drunk with Moonlight. The wine that one drinks with one's eyes is poured down in waves by the moon at night, and a spring tide overflows the silent horizon. Lusts, thrilling and sweet, float numberless through the waters. The wine that one drinks with one's eyes is poured down in waves by the moon at night. The poet, urged on by his devotions, becomes intoxicated with the sacred beverage. Enraptured, he turns toward heaven his head and, staggering, sucks and sips the wine that one drinks with one's eyes. Schorenberg came to the United States in the 30s in part to escape the Nazi party that persecuted him, blocking his works from being published. He became an American citizen in 1941 and passed away 10 years later. His works will be analyzed and overanalyzed for decades to come. If you'd like to listen to more works by Schorenberg, I'll have some YouTube links on the show page. And the recording that was used by this podcast today was conducted by Schorenberg himself. And that's our show for today. Our theme music was composed by Not Dead composer Thomas Barber. Find more of his stuff at thomasbarber.com. Web development support is provided by Tina at citybeautifuldesign.com. Keep Classical Weird is created and edited by me, Casey Bozell. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and do whatever it is you do on TikTok. You can also get in touch with me directly via email at keepclassicalweird at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And at the risk of creating a real earworm for you, stay safe and stay weird. <laughs>